Welcome to episode 166 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode, what episode is it John? 166 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Iles. How you going mate? Good, creeping towards 200. Creeping, it is 200 mate. How long is that? It's about four years really, isn't it? Getting up there. That's pretty Just crazy. A under four. It's a little bit scary. Mm, so we've still got 34 to go, haven't we? It's kind of nearly half mm. a year away, so. Mm. But epic camp there. time next year will probably be about right. It probably will be actually. Mm. Well, anyway. we've probably done more than that many shows. If we're, going to, if we're going to be silly about it. You keep, okay, I am talking proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com uh, for the world's most amazing coffee. Trivice.com for the world's most amazing deals. And Netflix.com for the world's most amazing friends who do sport. That's right. So it's an amazing podcast. It's the amazing podcast this week. It's amazing. And this week's show, what have we got coming up? We've got... I'm reorganised, am I? We've got news, we've got age group of the week, we've got website of the week, and we've got an interview. We've got Steve McFessel from WTC. Yes, we so, finally got them on. Yeah, finally got them on, and we'll discuss it when we get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And a couple of questions and comments and stuff right at the end. And news is brought to you by X-Try and what's happening in the news. First of all, there's a new challenge race and it's going to be happening in Austria. Yeah, so they've got another half distance race. So they're announcing one every week at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, Again, we'd like to see maybe a couple more iron distance ones. I think there's a, certainly a demand out there for them. Um, they seem to be selling out well, so um, it's good. You know, I think uh, the brand's getting out there and, and they just seem to be cementing their, their space in, in Europe and, and not really getting too big too quick and, and just working well with local organisers by the look of it. And they seem to sell them out, don't they? they you know, they put a race on and it does really well. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what sort of <clears throat> deal they have and, and how they're structuring it with, you know, whether it's a licensing deal or whether, I don't know how they're doing it. Maybe we should uh, get Or do they own the races themselves? Or, yeah. yeah. So, and I see they've, for the race in Austria, they've, you know, they've just literally announced it and they've already got a title sponsor. So, um, yeah, that's good news. They do get the business side right, don't they? They understand, you know. Get sponsors on board. And I guess it's early days, so it's hard to, t- to t- tell if they, they do or they don't, but they certainly do it right, wrote and, and do a really good job there. But, um, time and they know how to get the most out of the, the pros, don't they? Mm. You know, like when you're in wrote, you know, the pros, they work for their money. Mm. You know I mean? They're always doing the PR and stuff. But, you know, it's great for the sport because it gets the name out there. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Ironman France coming up. Or Ironman no, France been done Bean. and dusted and records were broken. Records were broken. Marcel Zamora Perez finished in 8 hours 30 and 6 seconds um, set a new course record and I think it's the 4th time and the 4th year in a row that he's won the race and he uh, he won it on the run fantastic run ran a 2.43 nice. came through and um, that's and awesome and I think we, I want to see more of this fast running you know it's it's um, uh, it's gone away isn't it it is, but it's great now. I guess at the moment we're seeing we're seeing bikers winning races and we're seeing runners winning races, so it's quite a nice combo. But I, I want to see guys running low two forties, and I want to see guys running two forty, which I think they're capable of. Macker and Crowe. When was the last time someone like did something like that? I don't recall the last time anybody went under two forty for a marathon. No. Um, Peter Reid did, didn't he? He was the last guy who did. Yeah, but that would have been yeah, ages, years ago. Ages yeah. ago. So, and the guys that are running around now, you know, I think they're capable of it. Um, and we've just got to see them getting under a bit of pressure and maybe we'll talk about it in a moment about... Uh, the competition as well, eh? Germany this weekend, and, and that could be another case. You know, there's some good guys racing and, and they may well have to run fast to win it. So 
Harvey Fabre was second from France, and Simon Bilo, um, also from France, was in third in 8.46. And on the girls' side of things? Well, pretty big, I was going to say, on oh. the guys, there's a pretty big spread between um, first and tenth. You know, mm. ten, tenth is, is 9.17. 47 minutes away. So quite a big spread there. Pretty much dominated by Frenchies. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a, all the Euro athletes that we're perhaps not quite as familiar with. On the girls' side of things... Tina Tina Decker's first place, nine thirty, also course record. Um, so and was she, it just a good day, or I think it was, and I just I just think we're seeing in most races these days course records. I think the bar's being lifted, and uh, and everybody seems to be lifting performance across the board, and and people are sort of breaking down those barriers a little bit, thinking they can hammer a bit harder on the bike and still put on a reasonable marathon. So she beat twenty two year old uh, Crystal Robin, so pretty young to be racing Ironman. In uh, 934, so pretty close. And then mm. Martina Bagana from Italy was third in 937. And she, she ran a, a 301 marathon. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty decent. It is uh, a flat marathon. I, I'm pretty positive it is. It's in um, uh, running up and down the Promenade des Anglais. Um, so it's pretty flat, pretty yep. fast. Can be a little bit breezy. Well, there you go. They're saying that most a quarter of the competitors have finished under 11 hours, which they seem to think was pretty impressive. Mm, it is a tough bike course, yeah. Yeah, so. Saying quality of field is amazing. What's up next? We've got oh, Buffalo, Buffalo 70.3. I don't know if they've um, even got the results up there. I actually scanned around um, and, and found them somehow. Oh, yeah, we have. Just uh, 70.3. So we'll quickly go through that because we're not spending heaps of time on 70.3s. But Amy Marsh won it in 4.33. Kelly Williamson, 4.35. And Joanna Lawn, 4.36. Those are two names I'm not familiar with, so for Joe Lawn to be getting beaten by them um, yeah. would suggest she's maybe not on fire. And then on the girls guy side of things, Paul Matthews was first, 4.01. Leon Griffin, last year's winner, I think, was 4.03. Simon Thompson, 4.05. Yeah, likewise, not a good day for the Kiwis. Cam Brown was down in three, four, five, six, seventh, eighth, eighth place. Wow. So uh, he's coming back from injury. But what was yeah, wrong with him? Uh, I think it was either a soleus or a calf issue he had after Ironman New Zealand, so it was quite a long-term one. Yeah. He's obviously not racing Ironman Germany this year, which he's um, won in the past. So, yeah. Well, Kiwis Ironman Germany, European Championship. I was... I think each year we seem to get really excited about this race. We know it's um, it draws the big guns, but small again, field. it's small field. And we had this last 18 year. Eighteen male pros couldn't get over that when I looked at it yesterday. So I was thinking, and, I, and we had. I'm sure this happened last year. We we're thinking, wicked, awesome. We're going to see. It's going to be sort of the second tier Kona race. You know, it's going to be yeah. the second biggest race. And yeah, we've got some great guys. Well, it's a good racing, field, isn't it? You've got good names there. But it's it's only a, a, a little handful. You know, you've got uh, Maka defending champion. Only just beat uh, Lanos last year and went uh, sub eight hours. Um, Lanos, who just missed out on going sub eight hours, had a great race in Kona. Timo Brank. He got third in Kona, didn't he? Uh, was he the fourth or fifth? And then he got DQ'd for. Um, no, Lanos. No, Lanos got third, yeah. yeah. Timo Brank finished either fourth or fifth in Kona, but got but got DQ'd, so he's he's quality, good runner. Um, and then you Terenzo? Terenzo, I don't think he'll be a factor. I think he'll be up there, but yep. I don't think he'll be challenging Ferris. for one. Ferris hasn't done much for a couple of years. Um, and then you've got Jan Raphael, who I think is probably the other the other one there. Um, so, but it is a... It, it, there's no depth after that, but really is there. You know, it, there's a couple guys, but there's no... It, normally, like in Roach, you've, yeah. got, you've got, you know... 30, 30 Germans guys, yeah. racing um, sort of pros. And you get so. the top guys, but then there's a real big, you know, second tier, isn't So there? I do wonder, you know, I know there is better money here, but it surely it can't be enough to to draw everybody, all, all the big guns saying, well, 
crap man there's, there's 100 grand on the line and even if I get fifth I'm still going to get more than I would get at, at, at winning an Ironman I think that's what they've got to do with some of these races is make it so it's it's irresistible and that's what they do in, in ITU um, they make it so you, just, you could, it's a no brainer you're going to turn up because even if you don't have a great day but let's be honest WCC have just taken over the ownership of this race not for this year though I oh, know yeah. you know it's yeah. not going to change is it oh no it's not going to change <laughs> no not at all no, no. Um, not at all we had an interview yeah yeah <laughs> We'll, okay. we'll do what the athletes want. <laughs> uh, oh, I got rid of the girls one. Um, you keep talking, John. Uh, okay, and on the girls' side of things, uh, I think we've got Nicole Leader, I think is uh, the number one seed. Um, Yvonne Van Lurken isn't the number one seed, but you certainly think that she's going to be uh, gunning for the win, but she'll have a really Gain, tough battle. Field. What, you got 11, 11 pros. But you have got second and third from Kona, so you've got uh, Sandra Wallenhurst, who... Uh, last year, you know, um, set the standard by setting a new world best time in Austria for only for Yvonne van Vlerken to beat it the next day yep. and wrote. Uh, so those two really should uh, dominate the dojo. It'd be really interesting to see how Yvonne's swimming's come along because she, she's going to be competitive in Kona this year with um, with uh, Chrissy and, and you know, step up performance as swimming's got to improve. But, but it's, it's kind of a pity that Chrissy's racing road. It is. You know, like they're not all at the same place. You know, mm. you've got. Two of the top three, mm. you know, it's a pity you couldn't have that third one there. Just got to, those girls just got to finish, 10 pro women, you got to finish and you're in the money. In the money. Always providing you're in the percentage. Okay, then we've got Austria, what happened last year, it was a fast year last year, wasn't it? Yeah, you bring out both those pages there. Okay, um, I've already got that M- Marino Van Honecker uh, took out the race last year, just press search. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Marino Van Honecker, he was on target for sub eight for quite a bit of the, the course, um, ended up going 8.06. Stephen Bayliss was second, and Hans Hempel was uh, in third place. And but it's the girls' race that was amazing, wasn't it? Eight forty-seven, she did it in eight forty-seven, and that's Bell, phenomenal. Bella came in in eight fifty-one, and Edith Niederfringer went eight fifty-nine. So three girls going sub nine was was pretty outstanding. Um, so yeah, that that was last year. This year, it looks like the field is. Uh, if, if you go to, no, no, not that one. Oh, here we go. That one there. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> uh, the field looks pretty similar to last year on the um, guys side of things. You've got, it looks like it's going to be um, Stephen Bayliss um, versus uh, Marino Van Honecker. Quite hard the way they've set the things yeah, out. Yeah, we're going to see them display 100 on a page. Here we go. Uh, so that's who I'd probably expect on the, on the guys side of things. Marino doesn't look see, like in he's this got... we've got heaps of pros. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't look like we've got uh, any other guys really. They're gonna gonna stand up from what I can see. And then on the, go- the girls' side, I think Jason Shortus. Jason Shortus. He's he's hot and cold. He's, yeah. Um, it'd be great to see. He's thirty nine, which is pretty young. Um, <laughs> nice with <you>. Bjorn Anderson. <laughs> Bjorn Anderson. He'll he'll rip it up on the bike. And uh, I think Bella Bayless looks um, like she's going to be the the women's race favourite. Oh, your work. Okay, what else have we got here? John's ITU desk. He's got a little desk over in the corner. I don't even come out much. From the ITU desk, just thought I'd need to bring this up. I know it's IM Talk and we focus on IMAM, but, but Des Moines was on at the weekend and uh, biggest prize person triathlon in the world, million dollar weekend. Who won it? Uh, on the girls' side of things, we had um, Moffat, Emma Moffat, not surprisingly, take it out. Um, oh, really? What about oh, Mavigil? Snow Silk, yeah. she's, she's struggling a bit with her uh, swimming and she's missing the front group. So really? she had to, she had to Has come she always through. been a bit of an average swimmer? Or? She's been a good swimmer. No, she's just struggling with her swimming at the moment. Um, wow, but she missed the front group. group. Yeah, the front group was only seven or eight. Still, um, it's the race, isn't it? So 200 grand for first, 50 grand for second. Not big bad. Big step down. Um, 
and then on the guys' side of things, six-way sprint finish. Really? <laughs> um, was it awesome? Uh, it was. It was. Yeah, they balls it up a little bit because the finishing shoot was probably not wide enough, and so the six guys going trying to go head to head, and it really wasn't wide enough. So um, that's something they're going to need to think about in future races. How often does it ever happen? You have a six-way sprint yeah, finish. Yeah, well, who won it? Uh, Whitfield took it out um, by you know a couple of millimeters and like six. Um, and Achilles there. Gemmel was fourth, oh, you know, two really? seconds back, so he was. Four, from first to fourth, I'd so say. So two seconds cost you a couple hundred thousand. I think it's one hundred seventy-five thousand. Oh. Probably for fourth, he probably got twenty-five. So oh. that was pretty interesting. I think it's ITU doing a fantastic job, live coverage all day long, um, great. And then on the uh, and what, what's good about the ITU at the moment is now, is that one of the series? It was one of the series races. It wasn't. Um, oh, okay, which is interesting. Which is interesting. So it was a, what they call an elite cup. Yeah. Um, but great that they're getting all this money in there. All the big guns were there, except a couple weren't, I'd say. There's one or two that weren't, which I just find mind-boggling. Who? Alistair Brownlee, who's won the, first two, uh, the last two rounds, didn't race. And I'm like, it's mate, 200 money, grand yeah. on the line here. You're by far better yeah. than everybody else. Bugger, if you screw yourself for a couple of weeks, you got to Do it, mate. Take the money, man. <laughs> Take the money so, and run. He's been head and shoulders over everybody. So I couldn't believe he wasn't racing. I know he's only young, but still. And uh, and then the new thing that they did the day after the race, they had the teams race. Now, which, that was based on countries. Yep, countries. So four-man relay. You have girls going first, guys going second, girls going for, uh, third, and then guys going last. Yep. And, um, and who yeah, was our team? We had uh, Andrew Hewitt, Chris Gemmell, Sam Warner and Bevan Doherty. Yep. Andrea Hewitt was lead, led after the first race. She wow. out-sprinted Moffat, who won the day before, wow. to tag off to Gemmel. Gemmel held him there for a second, and then I turned it off after that, and that's apparently when we blew up Sam Warner and Bevan Doherty had pretty rough days, and we ended up doing crap. Who and won? The, the Swiss won with a young fella, um, who I don't know if he raced the day before, he managed to outkick um, John, Carlin I've never Felt. seen you look so happy. You've got this spark in your eye at the moment. I love it. This ITU disc it brings you alive. It's good. It's going to be a permanent feature. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's going to be a permanent feature. <laughs> and the Tour de France starts this weekend, which is pretty exciting. It's going to be uh, It's going to be a really interesting tour. It's going to have a lot of coverage this year with Lance being there, eh? Yeah, and they've got a, a really interesting dynamic going on in that team. Oh, really? Got Armstrong. Didn't someone go quit? Sorry? Didn't some quite quick? Well, there was rumours of it, and then who knew, who knew what was happening? The sponsor was falling out. Armstrong's in now. They're saying Contador's the team leader. We've also got Leipheimer, who's right up there. They've got um, uh, Cloden, who was like second maybe four or five years ago. So hope, how they're going to blend all those personalities together is going to be fantastic. And I think it's... A, too strong, too much ego? I think I think it's a cover. I think Armstrong's going to be the team leader. Well, they're just going to wait and see. They'll say Contador's the team leader, but when push comes to shove, if Armstrong's um, up there, he's not going to... Yeah, he's not going to give it away, is he? He's going to go for it. So that's going to be really interesting. Oh. Um, and there's going to be doping stories all over the place because they're all bloody dopers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm reading. That's um, what you really think, John. I'm reading uh, f- uh, the Lance Armstrong and Floyd Landis from I think it's from Landis to Armstrong to Landis or something, and uh, it's quite an interesting read. I'll give it to you next. Is, uh, is this the one is, is after he's been done for busting? Uh, uh, yeah, well, he's it's, it's just the whole whole story. Well, allegedly the whole story. Uh, everything. Allegedly, so, interesting book. Okay, our good friends at Pyramides Multisport are putting on a camp, Iron Camp 2, and it's going to be running from the 1st to the 8th of August, and it goes location Lausanne. Luskin, that's where we, where we yep, had the yep. camp from. And uh, you go basically... Well, Fly into Toulouse, um, which is the closest airport. Head through and, Spain. 
Oh. It's fantastic riding there. So if you are looking to, to bump up your mileage, if you maybe got a late season Ironman race, um, really good preparation. Or if you've maybe done a mid-season Ironman race and you want to do it, go for a bit of a, a vacation and, to, and see some awesome, awesome um, riding, this is a place to go. Um, we've got it's 850 euros, which is a fantastic deal for eight. Uh, what is it? Nine seven, days. Se- seven days. Oh. Seven days. Seven so days. It's very awesome. good. Plus. We deliver at IM Talk, and oh, you get a ten percent discount if you uh, if you pop them an email and say you heard about it on uh, IM Talk, and you get ten percent discount. What's really cool is we get emails from you guys saying how you've gone and actually used Premier Multisport, and everyone says they're over the moon about yeah. the service and, the, and what they do. And really, again, we talk about this often, but they really are just really great and right people with the right attitude, really looking out for the athletes. So check it out. We'll put a link to it on our website this week. PyreneesMultisport.com .com. Discussion of the week, Jombo. What's the silliest thing you've ever done and people can't constantly remind you about? And I haven't actually done my piece on this one, okay, so well you I'll can start. start. I've, I've, got the, I've taken the first three, so you can uh, figure nice. out your three after nice. that. First one in, Rob Holt. He actually posted twice. He was, he was quite excited. That was a silly thing. He was, he was quite excited because <laughs> he wanted to be the first to post. So he just posted first. And then his second post was... Uh, Many years ago, he went and did a race in New Zealand called the Kawika Challenge, which is an off-road mountain run through the Kawika Ranges in the central North Island of New Zealand. Sounds pretty hardcore. First day, you've got to do um, 70 kilometres. It varies from year to year. A 70-kilometre off-road mountain run, that's pretty full-on. Um, and he managed to talk a couple of guys, and Ironman guys, into, into doing the race, and it was the first ultra-marathon they'd ever done. Um, first thing that happened to them, uh, and this is a stupid thing you, you often often do, you, you go up to somebody and say, oh, you know, how are you doing? You ready for it and stuff? Yeah. And the guy they were talking to happened to be um, Neil Jones, who was a, who's a legend in multi-sport oh, circles really? and fin- had just finished second oh. in the coast-to-coast. So what the hell was that? Someone's put spam on here and I'm not happy. Really? Yes. I thought you don't get spam on um Well, they've obviously gone on there and done it. No, on, on Athens page. Oh, dear. Yes. Um, anyway... Uh, they went through the race. The first first thing, stupid thing he did was ask Kiwi legend Neil Jones who he was and uh, if he was ready for the race. And the second race, second thing was really not being prepared. They they thought they were going to finish the race in around about seven hours. Didn't do their peas. Race ended up taking them about over ten hours. <laughs> they blew up at seven hours. Didn't carry enough food. Completely ambled the way through the rest of the race. And the worst thing was they talked it up before the race like they were going to be some sort of champions. And then they came across the line. They were a long <laughs> way behind and they looked pretty stupid. Nothing worse than when you go to a race and you talk yourself up a bit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And you, oh, yeah, you know, I've done this, I've done that. And you, you play it cool, but, you know, and then you get your ass necked. Especially when you're going to doing um, off-road sort of coast-to-coast stuff. Like if I ever do the coast-to-coast, there's no way I'm going to be talking myself yeah. up. I'm going to be saying, I'm going to be rubbish because yeah. I probably am going to be. Um, or if you do single sports, racing. you know, because oh, like, yeah. as an Ironman, you know, you were pretty <clears> decent. And so like you go to a running race and you, you know, you think you're pretty good. But, you know, there's a big difference between a good triathlete runner totally. being a good runner. And, and you, you know, hey, you go, oh, yeah, I think I'd do all right. And yeah. then they smack you. Completely. <laughs> and that's the same even with the elite World Cup athletes. If they go and do a running race with proper runners there, they will just get annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming's the worst, though. Really? All right. Well, if you, you go, if I went to a swim carnival... You know, if I trained up for a bit, I could probably crack maybe maybe about a minute for a hundred free. Yeah. I would be nowhere, and that's against like eleven-year-olds. That's how fast I was swimming when I was eleven, and, and I wouldn't even make finals. What do you reckon you do now for a hundred? If I did it now, I'd be a lot, and probably only about one hundred five. But if I trained up a bit, probably could get to about a minute. I reckon that's it's woeful. It's <laughs> woeful. Okay, this one's uh, Dave Hopkins and uh, the Baltimore Basher. 
Nice. It's beautiful. But uh, his best story is wearing a wetsuit on the bike in a sprint try. It was only his second triathlon, and he forgot to take the wetsuit off. Nice. That's, that's pretty legendary, isn't it? When I jumped on the bike, I realized things felt different, and that I was due to the wetsuit. I wanted to take it off right there and then to toss it, but I couldn't remember. I remember the littering rule, so he, he was worried about littering uh. his wetsuit. Uh, you know, I did not want to run back to transition, so I continued thinking I could unzip it a bit and it would help. It doesn't. It actually makes things worse. At least the wetsuit was a shorty, short arms and legs. That made things manageable, and the weather wasn't that warm, so I did not get hugely overheated. Uh, I had rocking <laughs> one transition, one transition ranking. Nice. <laughs> Overall, the race went well. I may have biked faster in order to reduce the embarrassment time I got. Actually, got a comment later from someone that they thought I, that maybe I knew I was doing it. That was that was a bloody beautiful. Now there, there is, I mean, some of this is, is a bit of stupidity there, but if you'd thought about this and if you actually done it, it wasn't an Ironman race, was it? If you mm-hmm. remember, if you do it in an Short Ironman distance. race and you go through and you do get the fastest T one transition, we will come up with a prize for you. So yeah. you may want to consider maybe going out in your wetsuit and giving it a crack. It would be a hard ride, race. but hey, yeah. you'll be a legend on IM yeah. Talk. And you get Tell a prize. You what, if you're the first person who ever does an IM race with, with the wetsuit on the bike, <laughs> we'll give you an amazing we'll, prize. Hey, but we'll, we'll, we'll give you a great, we'll let you roll it down to your waist. you just got to keep the bottoms on. Though. How about we'll get in the new wetsuit? Sure, yeah. we can link it up. If, that's the deal. If you can, if you do an IM race <laughs> with your wetsuit on the bike, yeah. And you can you can roll it down. I'd, I'd I'd almost go as far as even if you do a sprint distance. Uh, no, anyway, okay, no, okay. no. Lowering standards. Well, no, we'll say half or above. Half or above. Half or above. So you do a half Ironman or above. And your wetsuit. First person to do it will hook you up with a wetsuit. You reckon you can link that? I think I probably could. You need, be... need some photographic evidence. Yep. And uh, and you are allowed to roll it down to your waist. Yep, that would okay. be gold. <laughs> think think of the extra padding when you're on the bike. <laughs> exactly. You, you no, know, the benefits. Your benefits are, are massive. I'm sure your run would be great after that too. Be. You're allowed to take it off the run. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, just, we'll, yeah. just the bike. Yeah. yeah. 180k is that bad? Yeah. Um, next one I had Andrew Brin search. The stupidest thing I've ever done is forgetting my helmet at a time trial. I have to I have to wear one as I'm as I'm so young. I had to ride the one mile back to my car to pick it up. I think I've done that before. I forgot my time my, my helmet. Not, yeah. not clever, not clever. Thomas Peoples, um, hobbling around 20 miles in Ironman run with one leg and pulling myself out of action for nearly two months afterwards and into physio for the same length of time. Though I didn't improve my 400 time by two minutes during that time. Oh, just DNF, please. I say and basically give up. I've been, it depends how important that Ironman is to you on the day. Yeah, it's true. I did that in Conan when I raced there. It was like, I knew I was going to be injured afterwards, but... Hey, it's Kona. You're only there once. Yeah. Well, I was only planning on ever being there once. Can't um, back, but John, aren't we? <laughs> not, not racing, but we're going back. We're going back. <laughs> we're going back. Bring uh, it back. David Sempler, this is a story we, you know, we could, we could uh, I think we can all appreciate with. Bonked during my long bike session. Hit the wall so bad and had no water or food left with me. I lay down on the grass in the middle of a circle um, and with cars going by, honking horns and yelling things. I couldn't care less. I hate spiders, they were crawling around me, I didn't care, with my fr- and when my friends showed up with a car, I ate an entire watermelon and cantaloupe like a savage animal. They still make fun of me to this day, this happened 12 years ago. Well Richard Boardman, this is pretty good, he did an Ironman race in the early 2000s or 90s, yep. and they're pretty low key events back in those days, but he went into transition, not worrying, you know, because you just get naked, you want a quick transition, yep. didn't realise the tent door was open, and yeah. his missus with her family were all there. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and he's butt naked in front of them. That was... <laughs> Things never went quite so well after that. <laughs> 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 a 
And then just quickly, Andreas Wolf was doing a race and his wife's bra was tangled in his bike wheel. So that was nice. a pretty good effort. Nice. Have you had any bad ones? Uh, I, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I've done, there's obviously lots of stories about bonking and exploding. And like I remember one, one time we were doing on a camp and we were out in the middle of nowhere and I exploded and I went over and uh, asked a family for some of their food. Oh, really? <laughs> I was just in la and they, la, la, la. they gave me a little bit of food and some, some water. Nice. Um, and I, so I asked Belinda last night what, if, if she can think of any stupid things I did. And one that sprung to mind for her was in Challenge Wanaka, the first year they had Challenge Wanaka. I was having a pretty good day. Yeah, you had a good day. Coming, yeah. coming down the finishing chute in fourth place, but got elevated to third thanks to the glove man wearing gloves in the swim. Yeah. And uh, thinking I'm pretty cool. Crowd's going, yep, you, you, you've done well. Belinda's sort of there. I see her. She's um, clapping. Hold, oh, that's right. Uh, hold, t- t- she t- took her hat off that, that I'd lent her for the day. And uh, me thinking she's handing out my Mizuno cap so I can put it on and wear it across the finishing chute. Just grab the cap. Keep on going. <laughs> Under the line, she she wasn't she didn't wasn't impressed. Didn't give her a kiss. She wasn't impressed. She wasn't holding the head out for me to get the spot. She said, "Nobody's taking photos of you. You're only like fourth place." It's, it's, uh, so she found that pretty entertaining. <laughs> that was pretty good. I've never done anything in the race, but I've done stupid things in training. Like, for example, I've cramping done, in your wetsuit. Cramping my. <laughs> 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 I didn't want to disguise that to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty it was I've had a few crapping incidents to be honest. Stupid things like I've I've swam where big boats are and not realised that, yeah. that that could hit me. Yeah. I've done hill reps up Mount Pleasant in the yeah. dark without lights. Right. That so was pretty scary still, coming down. Yeah. So just stupid things like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway. Helltow sent through a great one this week, hasn't he? Yes. And I've already got one for I'm saving up for next week. You're excited, week. aren't you? Yeah. You've got the patent on and it? Again, again, this was uh, Belinda's idea. I'm going to give her the credit for it, but oh, we'll nice. have to wait till next nice, week. Nice, Well, he's basically saying, uh, what would be the best try invention that does not exist already? And he's got a couple here. He's got a speedo that tells you how far behind the person in front of you you are. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That'd be motivating, eh? Uh, depends if it's for drafting purposes or if it's for... Well, no, like, let's say we've all got GPSs. I reckon this could probably happen. So you've got GPS and it's saying competitor number blah, blah, blah is yeah, yeah. 500 metres in front of you. Yeah. Or, you know, so far in front of you. You'd be a good yeah. motivation And tool. who's behind you as well. Yeah, and they're catching up behind you as well. So Definitely feasible. And uh, <laughs> he's got something about females' bums, but I'm yeah. not going to go there. No. Because that's wrong. Anyway, so, that, so this week, basically, inventions that haven't already happened that you think would be cool. And apparently Ben Franklin invented swim fins. Right. Nice work. Ben, that's true. Ben Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. Ah, right. Benjamin. <laughs> ben, he's Benjamin. It's not, it's not Ben. It's Benjamin well, Franklin. I'm sure some people call him Ben. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, I don't know. Beautiful. Love your work. Radio, uh, here's some music. Website of the week. Well, who's in through this one, John? Ooh, there we go. We'll get in here. We'll get in here. It's good old Barb. Barb. Barb Quinn. Nice Barb. Barb McQuinn, I think it is. Oh, Barb McQuinn. Yep. And unfortunately, this one is only for, well, it's kind of only for UK listeners. It's called OutdoorSwimmingSociety.com. Yep. Um, when I went down there, I thought, oh, I wonder what this is. But it's obviously to do with outdoor swimming. Cool thing about it is basically maps all good outdoor you know swimming locations in the UK. Um, and when I went on, should there, I click on one? 
yeah. big jump. The big jump is yeah. on the 12th of July, which is soon. But it's, it's, it's got yeah, it's got events on there, but it's also got all the different locations you can swim at. And what I thought was cool is I, I clicked on Bristol, where I used to live for a little while in the UK, and it had all these locations you go swimming that I never knew anything about. Oh, really? Lots, lots of little lakes everywhere, and, and it's basically oh, just spotted all over the UK. You wouldn't want to go swimming up there. That's way up in northern Scotland. That's going to be pretty fresh, Bevan. And if they did water temperatures in there, I'm picking it's going to be cold. Anyway, so first thing they've got up there is a swimming map with all the different locations in the UK. Yep. So that's great for you UK listeners. Um, probably the, the other good thing they've got is... Uh, that does look pretty cool. <laughs> looks pretty cold. Yeah. Um, they've also got on there lots of swimming tips, open water swimming tips. So that's something all you guys can access. Um, how to change your, your stroke a little bit when you're in the open water um, and just a whole range of different tips. Um, it's got a got a chat room and as Bevan's sort of scrolling through it's got you know various different events as well. So for you guys in the UK, if you're, if you're a bit unsure on where you can go swimming, um, this is great. And I think the other important thing is um, for, for UK listeners and something we probably take a little bit for granted in New Zealand is uh, where it is safe to swim. And in terms yeah, of uh, pollution and in terms of uh, not going in and getting eaten by the Loch Ness Monster and, <laughs> uh, and things like that. So um, I think it's a, it's, it's a really good site. And, um, and they Google map all the um, swims that they've got so you can actually go on the map and see what they're showing you here. Nice. It's pretty cool. Google Maps is awesome, mate. It's pretty cool. Will Andy Murray win Wimbledon? Oh, he's playing this morning and he was, he was going down. He lost the first set 6-2. Oh, really? Because the Poms... It's your, it's your hope, isn't it? It is. You know, because of, what, 70 years since the Poms won it? Fred Perry, last one to win. Yeah. Nice work, mate. How'd you do that? Because I watch a little bit of TV, sports TV. You like your sports TV? You watch, yeah. like, the sports program that's just sports news? Oh, yeah, yeah. Crack yeah. goes wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Stupid question. Yeah, stupid question. <laughs> so anyway, that, that website was uh, outdoorswimmingsociety.org, and thanks to Barb McQuinn for sending that through. Fantastic for all your open water swimming in the UK. Okay, beautiful. Get in there. You know what? Open water swimming is so much more fun, isn't it? Do you like it better than the pool? Uh, I like to mix it up. I like fresh open water yeah, swimming. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean, lakes um, and stuff. Seawater swimming. It's, it's nice yeah, for a bit of a change, but um, fresh. Swimming in somewhere like Lake Taupo oh, or Lake Wanaka, Wanaka is just bliss. Like if, if I like to be honest, since I've stopped doing Ironman, I haven't swam at all. Yeah. But if I lived in Monaco, I'd swim all the time. Mm. You know, or in Taupo, just beautiful, beautiful. Okay, uh, we've got an interesting interview coming up. Right, so we've got an interview. Ben, uh, not Ben, no, no, Steve, Steve, Steve McFessel from WTC. It was great that WTC got back to us and uh, put somebody on the line. Um, and uh, so like a pretty nice guy. Yep, nice guy. Uh, <laughs> d- done some done some triathlon in the past, and uh, so listen up to what he's got to say. Okay, here we go. Very happy to have Steve. Now I hope I get the pronunciation of your surname right. Um, McFessel, is that right, or is that incorrect? McFessel, yeah, McFessel, close enough there. Very good. Welcome along to the show. And um, maybe just tell us a little bit about how you got involved with WTC. I understand you've been there for a good four years or so now. Yeah, just uh, wrapped up my fourth year here with the company and um, was introduced to triathlon back in 1988 uh, when I was in, in college and uh, became hooked on the sport uh, as a participant first, was studying sports management in college and um, uh, at that point figured out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life and it just took me, I think, about 15 years or so to get through the door at Ironman, but um, uh, it's been a great journey and, uh, and of course, the journey's not over, but um, uh, looking forward to uh, to the new, the near future with Ironman. Tell us, um, I mean, 
obviously we, we all know about Ironman races and 70.3 races, but a lot of people don't know about WTC as such. Can you maybe just tell us, you know, how big an organisation it is, maybe roughly how many employees there are, and, and especially how things are changing at the moment? Yeah, well, really until uh, last summer, uh, at least for us last summer, about nine months ago, uh, we were a, a family-held uh, business. Uh, had about 25 full-time employees worldwide. Uh, we have uh, or had a few uh, contract uh, staff scattered around around the globe uh, and, and others that helped us uh, throughout the planning and, and event execution process. But um, uh, it was uh, about nine months ago we were acquired by a private equity company, uh, Providence Equity Partners, and as a result, uh, uh, have been on this uh, fairly aggressive growth pattern, uh, uh, growing our business, uh, uh, adding events. Um, uh, we've had some, uh, in recent months, some significant acquisitions. Uh, uh, one that comes to mind is uh, in the U.S., all the North American uh, full-distance Ironman races formerly owned by North America Sports and Graham Frazier, uh, and then just about two months ago acquired Ironman Germany. So, uh, those are pretty significant um, uh, event acquisitions for us, and I think uh, as time comes along or goes along, uh, you'll you'll see and hear some uh, some similar uh, stories coming out of uh, the Ironman office. We've also seen that um, you, you know, you're taking up uh, Ironman Australia, um, I think the year after next. Um, is it basically a, a global plan for WTC to be running all the races globally, or is it just going to be some selected ones you'll be de- doing? Yeah, you know, a couple things in 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 place certainly. In, in IMG, we've enjoyed a fantastic, long-standing, mutually beneficial relationship with them, and certainly expect to for years to come. Um, you know, we are always looking at the way we do business and, and always evaluating, uh, you know, how we need to get to uh, to our goals and. Um, uh, whether it's in Australia or New Zealand or um, or other parts uh, of the world, we're just on a, on an ever uh, uh, ongoing basis of, of evaluating, you know, the best way to deliver the best event experience. So, um, you know, I don't think you'll ever see us own uh, every Ironman event out there, but where it does make sense uh, and and ultimately uh, makes sense for the athletes, then. Uh, you'll see us consider those events for acquisition. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, on the on the athlete uh, level, uh, there will not be any diminishing uh, service or, or or any diminishing event experience. It, it's our goal to to continue to deliver on a very high experience for the athletes. So, in terms of the actual race itself, I mean, is it likely you'll keep the event managers in place it just won't be a license agreement a licensing agreement more of a just a contracting them out to actually put on the event or you guys yeah you know kind of yeah you know case in point with with the north america sports acquisition several months ago uh, we obviously uh, brought that event management team uh, into into our our fold and you know continue to employ those local race directors and event directors so you know for us it's 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 those knowledgeable effective uh, staff and, and event organizers that are really you know the backbone of the production process for us and so it may it makes no sense for us to go out and try to recreate something that's been successful and is working 
uh, and functioning at a very high level. So that's always our first consideration uh, is to keep, uh, you know, the right people uh, in place. With, um, with Ironman races becoming so popular and more and more races coming on the timetable, will there eventually be a time where there won't be, there'll be Ironman races without Kona slots? You know, that's, that's a good one. Um, not that we ask ourselves that question every day, but, um, you know, it's a, it's simple math, I think, with, with uh, basically 1,800 starting positions in Kona each year. You know, as we grow and, and add events, then obviously those slots have to come from, uh, you know, somewhere. And, um, again, it's just basic math. Those are, those are being pulled from, from other races. But, uh, you know, time will tell, certainly. Uh, you know, I think most importantly, uh, it's the, the event experience at our races worldwide that we feel is obviously the backbone of, of what Ironman's all about. And, um, you know, for so many people, the majority of the people out there that are either doing a 70.3 race or an Ironman race, uh, in so many instances, uh, their race, say, at Ironman New Zealand, for instance, is their Kona, and, and they are achieving their goals and fulfilling their dreams. So not for everyone um, uh, is Kona, but, um, you know, we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll continue to uh, do our best to meet, meet with demand and add races in the right parts of the, the world at the right time, and uh, so we'll see if there's, uh, uh, there's a change in that dynamic. Is there any other sort of exciting news coming out of WTC? I mean, obviously the the seventy point three series is expanding very rapidly. Any other things you can sort of maybe pick out to listeners? Yeah, we're just uh, really enjoying the moment, working hard, um, you know, trying to again deliver on the best event experience possible. You mentioned seventy point three uh, this year in two thousand nine. Uh, we've got thirty three seventy point three races worldwide. Uh, compared to 22 full distance races, so uh, you know that tells tells everyone that 70.3 is our growth property uh, at the moment, and certainly for the foreseeable future, um, we'll continue to add 70.3s. You know, at some point in a couple years, you know that 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 number will reach 40, and um, uh, but then we get to that point where we're asking ourselves about 70.3 World Championship slots. Um, you know, do we introduce races, 70.3 races that um, uh, that go on without World Championship slots in Clearwater? So, um, you know, that's certainly not far from our minds either. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, um, we're seeing some pretty big movement in the triathlon world with ITU really lifting lifting the ante with the World Championship Series and. There's some, some big money races out there now. I mean, um, obviously WTC is in a different different situation with it being a business. Um, and, I mean, how important are the pro athletes to WTC or are you more focused on, you know, the mass participation um, and, and are things going to change in terms of prize money for pro athletes at Ironman races as you take over more races? Yeah, you know, we, we certainly embrace both the professional and the age group uh, athlete alike. We uh, have a long history of what we feel is, is, is a great relationship with professionals and amateurs. Um, professionals certainly bring us uh, and the events lots of media attention. Uh, of course, it's, it's uh, as well the age group athletes that uh, are as well the backbone of the sport. Uh, I think uh, uh, relative to Ironman events and 70.3 events, 
those two classifications of, of athletes will continue to, to coexist. Uh, we'll never be able to, uh, uh, to win an arms race with ITU relative to prize money. Uh, they do a fantastic job. They're in uh, excellent markets in, in the inner cities with many of their events. So, um, you know, they've got a, a successful business model and, and one that they've, much like Ironman, has, has continued to evaluate. And uh, at the end of the day, um, our balance sheets have to make sense. But um, I think we'll continue to, uh, to be a platform for professionals uh, as well as age groupers. Did you see any shift in the money? You know, like it hasn't really gone up in 15 years. I, I, I admit it kind of has gone up. Yeah, but in Ironman New Zealand, we see the same prize money every year. I mean, is it pretty much down to the, the race organiser to set that, or, or are you guys going to have some influence? Well, you know, there's certainly standards, uh, whether it's a, a full-distance Ironman or a 70.3. There, there are some standards relative to the size of the prize purse. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's, it's going to be up to the, the local event organizer if they want to have, based on some unique designation, for instance, uh, in Frankfurt uh, with the Ironman European Championship, uh, they do have a, uh, an accelerated or enhanced prize purse. So because of that designation, they in turn are able to, uh, to draw additional sponsorship in and as a result are able to pay out uh, a little bit more in terms of prize money. So, um, you know, we'll continue to, uh, to do the best we can in terms of our, our prize money and, and the other uh, benefits that, um, uh, that our professionals see, even from the media standpoint or television exposure. There's other ways that professionals uh, can, can meet their needs um, other than just, uh, you know, flat-out prize money. King Glad had a great suggestion when we talked to him the other day. He said, put, put, put a couple of million dollars on the line at, at Kona. <laughs> Can we see that happening? Yeah, well, certainly Kona, you know, all the, the best in the world are racing, uh, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a great uh, and, and very relevant prize purse. Um, uh, you know, from a professional athlete standpoint, more is always better, and, and we certainly get that. Uh, and, and I think we've got great sponsors that uh, are willing to uh, to put up a, a uh, you know a great amount of money for the athletes to uh, to race for. So, yet yeah, I think two million dollars would would certainly draw a lot of people's attention. Um, and um, you know, and the ITU I think is, has done well with several you know signature events. Uh, that uh, you know worldwide that have you know really really deep prize purses. So uh, in the end, it, it it benefits the athletes and I think draws in some additional media. So it's great for the sport. Well, one of the downfalls of you guys being so successful is that blatant drafting is becoming a bit of a problem in not just like WTC races, all but races. yeah, all races really. And have you guys considered maybe moving some events or? You know, like Clearwater, which has kind of been getting to know and is a bit of a draft fest, to counter this, or are you looking at other ways to maybe counter the drafting in our sport? Yeah, I mean, drafting, I, you know, I think um, is always going to be a concern, uh, and, and we constantly are addressing that. And, and whether it's a, a race like Ironman Florida, or you mentioned Clearwater, where you've got essentially flat bike courses, it, yeah. it, 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 it does become problematic, and so. Uh, we do our best to limit uh, the field size uh, whenever possible. We also will ramp up uh, the the presence of officials and uh, in our pre-event communication, uh, letting the athletes know that there will be a, uh, an officials or referee presence on the course. But at the end of the day, 
today, uh, it's it's the athletes who who choose to to draft or not draft, and we certainly understand that that there are conditions that are more conducive to that. Uh, but um, but it's the athlete who ultimately is responsible for their positioning on the bike and and where they where they ride relative to others. So uh, we'll uh, we're on that constant and an ongoing search for, for venues and, and courses that, uh, that break up packs and make it a fair and competitive race. I mean, I know we're hitting you with a few big issues here as well, but we get a lot of questions, and every, every time we talk to pro athletes as well, is um, the issue of drugs. What, where, where does WTC sit in terms of their drug policy? And obviously you don't allow drugs, but where do you sort of sit and, and do you align yourself with water, or what's your position on that? Yeah, we are uh, 100% behind uh, WADA and and the stance that they take and what they represent. Uh, you know, worldwide with uh, with, um, uh, with with in the world of doping, and so we're 100% uh, behind uh, behind that effort uh, at our world championships and at many races worldwide. Uh, we conduct uh, uh, doping control tests, so you know I think you'll you'll see some news coming out in the future from uh, from Ironman that uh, really officially and 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 hopefully with with great explanation uh, identifies uh, how we really feel about it. But um, uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know we feel that. We're putting on as clean a race as possible, and want to make sure that the athletes, uh, both professional and amateurs, are are clean as well. And uh, we're 100 percent committed to it. Do you, do you know approximately how many tests are done at, at Ironman races or not? I mean, I've got no idea. I'm, I'm sorry. What was the question? Do, do you know approximately how many tests would be done in Kona? And also, um, a question we get asked from 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 listeners is: do, would, do you or would you ever test age group athletes? Yeah, relative to tests, uh, you know, depending on who the uh, testing agency is, uh, they always uh, will test top professional finishers and then some random finishers. Uh, and then relative to age groupers, I mean, we're, we're obviously uh, addressing that internally. And, uh, again, I mentioned earlier that we'll have a stance on, on where we uh, sit with, uh, with, with testing and, and doping for age groupers. So, um, you know, if it's, if it's prevalent at the professional ranks, then uh, there's no reason for us to believe that it's not happening at the age group ranks. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's good. I mean, we've seen you guys nab a few people at Kona, so yeah. it's obviously working to some extent, but it's obviously a problem that not any sport really seems to be on top of at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, there's uh, in, in triathlon, we've got you guys, WDC, essentially running um, the majority of the long course stuff, ITU essentially running the Olympic distance stuff. Is there much dialogue between um, the two parties, and, and would you guys ever be able to work together? Yeah, I think we've uh, demonstrated in recent years a, a, a great uh, ability to, to coexist. Um, you know, they do a wonderful job with um, with their format and uh, their event locations, and obviously the the production and, and, and their ability to get triathlon into the Olympic Games. So. Um, you know, and, and as well, we feel that that we do as good a job as anyone relative to to our event series. So, you know, who no one knows down the road where our paths may cross, but um, uh, you know, there's certainly enough event venues, enough athletes, and and frankly, there's athletes, of course, that that go between the long course and the short course. So, um, you know, we uh, we anticipate coexisting with them for uh, for a very long time. Do, um, you know, like you pretty much. 
release products now that really try to cater for the whole market. You've got the Iron Kids, you've got the Iron Woman or Lady Series, and got 70.3 and Iron Man. Do you see yourselves maybe eventually adding an Olympic-sized series? You know, never say never, but uh, we have enough on our plate right now. And, uh, you know, with, with the, the growth of not just Iron Man and 70.3, but you mentioned our other two event brands, Iron Kids and Iron Girl, uh, both of those are our national series here in the U.S. Uh, and, of course, we uh, will be uh, expanding those two series uh, in the coming years and look forward to that challenge. But um, for now, we've got enough on our plate. Uh, and uh, are content with continuing to build on those events. What's the vision? So, like, you know, obviously he's got his plan working towards, I don't know, whatever it is you guys have. You know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, where does WTC see you guys in the triathlon world? Yeah, if, if, if I knew the answer to that one, then, um, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd, I'd have a lot more of these, these interviews, I suppose, but... Um, you know, it's hard to say. We um, every day we uh, when we come to work, we we're very thankful for the opportunity and and to be in this great sport. And um, you know, I think for the foreseeable future, much like uh, you know, athletes and, and viewers have seen uh, in recent years, we'll continue to uh, to do our best to meet demand on the event side. Um, you know, seventy point three was was is a great example of of, of an effort to expand our presence in the Ironman brand uh, uh, internationally. And so I think, you know, there'll be more of that to come. Uh, but, um, you know, every day is a great day uh, here at Ironman. So we just uh, enjoy working with the people and seeing the athletes uh, fulfill their dreams at the finish lines. Do, have you guys noticed much of a downturn with the recession and, and you know, numbers and stuff like that? Yeah, you know, on the event side, it's 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 been very positive. Um, our races continue to sell out uh, as quick, if not quicker, than 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 the previous year. So that's always uh, you know very encouraging. Um, you know, I think worldwide athletes, uh, especially multi-sport athletes, uh, just aren't willing to give up their lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, you know, that they may cut back on vacation or some other sort of uh, yeah, food, more power bars. Um, but, um, you know, that's just one thing they're not willing to sacrifice. So, um, uh, you know, we're in the process of renewing sponsorship agreements uh, currently. And, and so if, if there's going to be any movement on the, on the, on the needle, then uh, it may be in that area where, where in general companies are, are watching, when, you know, they're advertising and marketing dollars. But uh, we're confident that um, based on the uh, return on investment we deliver our sponsors, uh, that that will be in fine shape. Cool. Oh, Steve. Um, look, we'll be honest with you. We're sometimes a bit critical of WTC when we th- see things that we th- think areas could be improved on, and we definitely thank you for coming out, coming on here and clearing up a few of those. And yeah. we'd certainly like to give you guys praise when it's when it's due as well. And when we're going to be over in Kona this year, so hopefully we can. Uh, see some first-hand awesome action over there and um yeah there's lots of good things going and, and especially i think the 70 point C, 70.3 series fantastic so um thanks very much for your yeah, time thanks for your time mate it's wonderful having you today so what do you think john i was disappointed with my performance <laughs> same there, actually i was disappointed with my performance i was really disappointed and we apologize for that because i said last week we'd ask hard questions well, i think we kind of let in but then when he gave kind of answers that were very stock and standard we didn't dig deep did that's we? right we've got to come up that's what we're, um, we're, we're, learning. we're learning we're learning we needed to come up with follow-up questions. So yeah. We, so we asked a question. Well, I think we're probably too polite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So I think uh, next time 
We fire Next up. time we're going to be the hard asses. We're going to yeah. smack the crap. Yeah. But thanks, I mean, WTC, give them credit. They, yep. they, um, they gave us an interview. They fronted up. Fronted up and... Uh, and he was a nice guy. Yeah, and a character. Yeah, you know, I think we've got to give them credit. As, as we said in the interview, they're doing some some really good things. The sport's expanding. Um, we've just got to see what happens now because there's so much change with the um, you know the races being taken over. And, uh, and oh, I wonder what the race directors are thinking of that because they've obviously got a good little business here. You know, like Ironman Germany, that guy was probably making some good coin. But but as as he said, uh, what they may often be doing is making them employees and so yeah, still paying. Yeah, but the difference so between an employee and being a business person. That's right. You know, that's right. It's a so huge difference. We'll, we'll see what happens. Especially if you've got a successful product. Mm. You know, sure, maybe if the product's struggling and, you know, like when we were talking to Ken Glar and he was saying he took over Brazil, mm. you know, the product wasn't strong and so cool, he took it over and made it a strong product. Whereas if you've got a strong product and they just come and say, oh, we want it, that must be mm. pretty frustrating. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that. We'll give but yes, admittedly, admittedly, I've been thinking about the interview throughout the week because we did it last Thursday, I think, and uh, I've definitely thought to myself, oh, I should have asked this and this and oh, that. Totally. So, yeah, yeah, so. totally. So I agree. So sorry, team. We let you down. We <laughs> let you down. We <laughs> let you down. But anyway. We'll sharpen up next time. Yeah. Okay, let's get some more music on. Oh, no. It's questions and answers. Questions and answers. Questions and answers. Okay. And, and some comments. Comments. Okay. First of all, Rick. What's that last name? Rick Schraub. Rick Schraub, yep. Okay. Devoted listener. I see that Brian Rhodes is doing both Coeur d'Alene and Lake Placid on his race calendar this year. I do, too. Recognising that... Obviously, he's doing both as well. Yeah, oh, cool. Recognising that the five-week separation may not be optimal for top performances in both races, what would coach, a coach or the coach recommend for Rosie's program between the two events? I think for, the, for it's really different for the pro athletes versus the age group athletes. So these guys are going to be training, you know, maybe about, around about thirty hours a week. An Ironman is not going to be such a shock to the system. And these guys these days, when they're doubling up the races, doing shorter tapers, they're getting back into training pretty quickly. So I think in terms of what Rhodes' program would probably look like, I'd say he'll probably have a, a week pretty easy, just doing some um, easy swimming and biking, and then he'll more or less get back into to pretty normal training for those few weeks. But I think the key thing we've heard from most pros is they do much shorter tapers and they get back into it pretty much straight away and uh, and it's business as usual for the age group athlete um, who's only maybe training 10 to 15 hours a week I think it's really really hard to back up the races because the Ironman race is, such a, is just, yeah. such a shock to the system and also for guys like Rhodesy who's he's been doing triathlon now for you know full time um, he must probably getting towards 17 years I would have thought wow. they've just got a massive engine and racing does not take as much out of them as yep. it does for, for learned, their bodies don't have to recover right? yeah, yeah. And, it, and it doesn't take as much and, and we know that Rhodesy actually didn't race very well I don't even know if he, he pulled finished. out in the run yeah, yeah. so that you know, could have been his insurance policy he may never have intended to do both of them probably Rhodesy five weeks I'd say he probably would have um, but uh, yeah I'd say he'll, he'll be pretty resuming training pretty quickly and that's what I'd be recommending How as well Rhodesy is he your age? No, he's older than us. He would be. Uh, he was. He's probably th- three years older than us. So probably uh, about thirty, getting on to thirty-five-ish. Okay. About thirty-five. Okay, cool. Um, <coughs> Richard Boardman sent through a question wondering about my marathon program that I did. Um, I did a program that was a different kind of program that was based more on uh, speed work and, and less volume of training. So you did. Uh, I'll put the program up on the website as a PDF this week. So if you actually want to go and have a look at it. And it was, it was kind of completely different to anything I've ever done in the past because in the past you've just kind of done the distances, you know, five to six runs a week and 
and so on. And this one, you only ran three times a week, and then you had to cross train. And it worked quite well with me because of my group fitness. You know, I do like twelve hours of group fitness a week, and and I don't own a car, so I do a lot of exercise outside this. And so for me, I liked it in that way. It's a pretty tough program um, mentally. You got to be pretty strong because every run's a hard run. You know, there's no easy run in it. You do a lot of track work, and then your short runs are pretty full on, and then even your long runs. Some of your long runs are a little bit easier but by the end of it you're running your long runs at marathon pace so mm-hmm. you know and if you're <clears> aiming for a fast time um, I, I really liked it to be honest admittedly I didn't get my goal time on the day but I felt there was more to, to do with the conditions than yeah. where I was at um, <clears throat> yeah I probably need to do a couple more times to have a real opinion on it I think the the key thing with this sort of stuff is there's a massive difference between <clears throat> if you're running a marathon um, yeah, maybe say around the 4 hour mark between running a marathon at say 2.30 to 2.40 mark yeah huge difference in, um, in your, you know, which energy systems you're using so I think that's a really important thing to factor in and you've also got to think about um, how resilient your body is you know, um, Bevan does a lot of high intensity stuff so he seems to be a bit more resilient whereas if you've, you're a bit more fragile if you're yeah. a little bit more injury prone then doing the high intensity stuff is going to be quite dangerous for you um, <clears throat> so I think it's, it's horses for courses um, I tend- it, it definitely taught me how to run faster I think mm. in my own training I've never really focused that much on my pace. You know, I've kind of been aware of my times I'm working towards, and I kind of just figure that I'm going to be close to it. But this was very specific, and I did like the idea of, and it's probably taught me that with my programs going forward in the future, is that I'll actually make them quite specific, having Mm. real clear objectives to times and stuff, because it definitely motivated me. Mm. I found that side of it, and I definitely learned to run a lot faster than what I would. And so, and that's probably going to be my next point, is um, if you're pretty new to the sport and you're new to endurance stuff, um, your limit key limiter is probably going to be your endurance, and yeah. um, and so you got those those types of people are going to need to follow up more of a, a good old fashioned, slow, good old fashioned yep, doing your long endurance yep. stuff. Yeah, you definitely need to do lots of marathon pace work, um, but you probably don't need the high intensity. If you've got to a point where you've plateaued, you know, maybe say you've got to maybe a three hour marathon and you want to break three hours, um, that's when you need to start spicing things up. Or you need to race a bit more or do some more higher intensity training yeah. and be a bit more specific about it. Um, but the newer you are, it's more about endurance, more experience. If you need to break through, if you plateaued, that's when higher intensity stuff well, comes in. Like in this program, the longest run's only 32Ks. And Albert mm-hmm. actually emailed me and asked if I maybe should have done longer runs. And again, I, I, I feel that if I had a good day weather-wise, I could have, you know, I didn't feel that it was about that I wasn't fit enough and yeah. I wasn't fast enough. It was just a <clears> tough day weather-wise, so um, I don't think that it cost me. And, and also, mentally, I kind of just gave up once I knew I was going to get my goal time. Mm. So it was more about me being stronger mentally than physically. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, next question from Craig Kirkwood. Um, he could probably tell you a few things about running marathons. Really? He's, Pretty awesome. He's won, um, won marathons, New Zealand marathons. And so oh, really? Gone, yeah, sub three hours in Tapo as well, so... Nice, hardcore. Well, basically, you're saying looking forward to hearing from your piece on race wheels, which we probably didn't do. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. Um, he's looking forward to hearing our next piece uh, about race wheels. So I thought we'd quickly go into this now. He's just he's also sent through a website of the week. Great website, race day wheels, and you basically go on there and hire your wheels for the race day. Yeah. So he was um, asking um, what our choices, what, what our recommendations would be for uh, for say racing in Kona, um, and he's rented a set. He's a bit nervous about um, going for. Uh, 1080s um, maybe a little bit too big so really my recommendation for for Kona is you want to go for a a fairly small rimmed wheel um, just because the the crosswinds can just blow you all over the place I was was talking to Axel um, who's a guy from Christchurch big strong German guy big uh, good rider good rider you know sort of a sub five hour rider 
um, <clears throat> one time he went, he's been to Kona a couple of times. One time he had a fairly regular setup, you know, fairly small rims. Next year, I think he thought he was going to be a bit stronger, and he took a fairly deep um, rim set of wheels. He just said it was the worst mistake he ever made. Really, because he just fighting it all day, aren't you? Fighting, and, and you get those crosswinds because you're just going against it the whole day, aren't you? Mm. Yeah. So um, the thing with with race wheels is the fast the faster you are, um, the bigger the difference you're going to make. If, if you're an athlete that's going to be riding, you know, 30k an hour or slower. Race wheels, you know, big dished wheels are not going to make that much of a difference to yep. you. So, faster you're going, um, the more important they are. For for a Kona race, um, uh, you know, as I said, I think a small um, rimmed wheel will be a lot better for you. Uh, you can't use discs in Kona. Um, when it comes to other races, uh, it's it's really hard to say because it's going to depend a lot on what the course is like. Whether it's a hilly course, whether, weather conditions, whether it's a windy course. Yep. You know, in some conditions a disc is going to be better. In some conditions uh, a tri spoke is going to be better, and it really depends on the. The, the angle of the wind that's coming in and hitting you so it's, it's a hard question to ask uh, answer um, uh, if you're in a wind tunnel going straight into, a, into a, a consistent wind then it's a little bit easier but for Kona a small dish uh, a small um, rimmed wheel is better and I think they're a little bit more versatile as well um, so if, if you can only afford to get you know, most people can only afford to get one set of race wheels I think if you go for a small to medium rim that's going to give you um, the best Best value for money for a variety of races. <laughs> this website's pretty cool, racedaywheels.com, and you basically rent a set of wheels for $145 for that big race, which is pretty reasonable. Like, I wouldn't mind paying $140, it's probably US, but you know, if you can't get hold of some mates' wheels, and wheels are a hard thing to borrow because oh, they're yeah. so delicate, and yeah. you know, you don't want to break someone's wheels. Especially and, if you're traveling. Yeah, yeah. And so, I'm not sure how they go about getting them to you or anything, but for $145 a race, I think it's probably pretty fair, and if you only race, and that's the thing about Ironman, you only race a couple of times a year, mm. you know, whereas if you're a cyclist, like when I did a lot of cycle racing, you know, those guys had their race wheels, but they use them every weekend, so yeah. you can see why having the investment of putting a couple of thousand dollars into race wheels is fair, but, you know, I could never really justify it for an Ironman myself, mm. yeah. but something like racedaywheels.com is, is a really good option, so maybe if you're going to do a race, check it out, it's, uh, cool. it's nice. Next one in was just a quick note from Frederick Cook, he's uh, in the States, and here we, we were asking a little while ago um, whether Challenge races oh this exposure. is good wasn't it yeah and he said pretty much not the only places um he sees coverage from it is, is online on places like x-tribe but in the magazines and stuff he doesn't really see so coverage that poor? challenge like do, do, do the magazine show itu uh, a, a little bit but, but but not a massive amount but i mean to be to be fair to the american magazines you know they'll focus on the big american races yeah you know, the, the ironman races they probably they do focus on on some of the classic american races like um you know Alcatraz, and, and I'm sure they'll have some good coverage of the American ITU races, um, but they don't. Yeah, you know, and that's that's pretty typical. Um, but do they cover any WTC races overseas? Uh, only in a small way, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty okay. small Fair way. Enough. So I think so that's American magazine. Yeah. Yep. And anyway, I think we maybe scan. What's it, how, what are we up to? Yeah, no, we've got, we've got to fly because we've got to take my mum somewhere. Yeah. Okay. So uh, sponsors. Sponsors. Oh, I've done the names too. I oh, have you. Did you give me all the nicknames? I, I did a couple. You did. <laughs> But I might have forgotten them, actually. I think I did. No, uh, no, I, I've got them, but yeah, you gave me, like, the more. <laughs> well, I, 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 you, you were complaining about not getting any before, and so I thought I actually did look at them on... Uh, on um, and, and I didn't do... I made these ones up. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So, we'll do sponsors first. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. You can still get on there. Oh. The competition, I think, is, is still... Go- I think it's actually going till, till the end of this month, so you've probably got about uh, one or two days. You've got a day. To, to get in there you need to go in there you need to make try by actually one of your friends. it's too late if you hear this on the Tuesday the 30th yeah you've got but you, you know you never know they might not have clicked their, their uh, 
But the cool thing about it is, is that all of our listeners are winning. Yes, we like that. Yeah, because we got an email from someone, I can't remember who it was, but they're saying that three people from their club had won. Exactly. So get on there. You basically need to add Tribeyes as a, uh, as a friend. Um, you need to obviously register. And then you go on, put your race results up there. Just put whether it's an A, B, C race. You can put a mini result, add some gear in. Probably take you maybe five or ten minutes, but you go in the prize draw to win some awesome stuff. They've got, they've got a wetsuit there. They've got some, a wind trainer. They've got some shoes, gear. Um, the Figanator won a, a watch. So some good stuff on there. Great to see our sponsors teaming up. Go to athlinks.com, and uh, it's all good in the hood. And then that links us perfectly on to tribos.com. And uh, deals of the century, as always. Remember, just if you're ever thinking about buying something for triathlon, just make it your first stop. Just go on there, check it out, check out the sales page, or if you want the latest gear from the latest, you know, what the big brands are bringing out this year, get on there, check it out, and uh, you can find some deals. The, the of big the thing that they're, they're really pushing at the moment is this amazing deal they've got on. Uh, oh, they've got tri They've got. Oh, they've got Art of Tri stuff. That's a, that's a bargain. I wear that T-shirt all the bloody time. You do, John. I, I kind of start to wonder about you. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go on there. You've got some Art of Tri stuff. It's half price. Man. Twelve bucks fifty for the men's retro T-shirt. It's uh, got seventy-eight on the front because that was the first year that Conan was held, and I wear that stuff all the time. It's great stuff. So yeah. No, seventy-eight wasn't seventy-eight more where Mission Bay was, and now it's first year triathlon started. What year was the first year of Conan then? No, I think it was seventy-six. Well, where's, where's, oh, what have I got? <laughs> Hawaii Hawaii 78 I've, actually, <laughs> He's got it on. I've got my uh, long sleeve t-shirt on today <laughs> just to prove we're not full of crap that's, and that's, that's pretty things. cheap it's cheap 12 bucks 50 for an Art of Try t-shirt and the nice tops yeah that's real cheap so yeah just back to the thing I was saying before oh, the they bike. have got this um, amazing deal on the Quantana Roo um, bike up there massively discounted so uh, get on there Get on the specials page. If you're thinking about getting a bike, my mate Fraser, I was talking to him on Skype the other day, he's based in Spain and we're having a bit of a yarn and um, teacher would love to live in Spain. It was like 11 o'clock at night and they hadn't had dinner yet. Yeah. Oh, it's a good life over there. But anyway, and he was looking at getting a bike and we went on tribes and checked out. With the dollar, the US dollar being so bad at the moment, mm. it, it just and he was just saying it was even cheaper to buy it and import it over, mm. you know, so even if you're in Europe, consider it. Mm. Um, Coffeesofhawaii.com. Yeah, I love their work. What's the 2009 Transpac official supplier for the Transac? We talked about this. Oh, that's the, the, the Whitbread sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. They're so also sponsoring a yacht race, Volvo, the Volvo Ocean Race, yep. which is around the world yacht race. So Coffees of Wise keeping those guys going. for those, That race takes bloody months to do. Imagine that. I don't even want to. <laughs> you don't even want to mention it. No, it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice to be cruising through the Caribbean or something. But I, I wouldn't want to mention it. Going through the southern out, the southern ocean. One thing that stuff. you can do for for, for coffees of wine, suppose mainly our American listeners, but if you've got a coffee shop down the road and you think their coffee sucks, yeah. And let's be honest, there are some coffee shops that have bad coffee out there. Take in one and get, get just. Well, send them to this website, and what they have is they have um, retail relationships, basically, hotel and retail relationships, so they, they can basically organise for your local coffee shop to have coffees of Hawaii there, mm. and, you know, I imagine they've got marketing material to go along with that, and all that kind of stuff as well, obviously it's a wholesale price and retail price, so 
If you're thinking about it and you want to get your coffee shop to get some good coffee, just say, hey, look, this is what we use. And we know there's a few people who listen to the show that have got their own shops, you know, in terms of bike shops um, or yeah, any nice. sort of shop. There's no reason why you can't get a coffee sell a machine of, in there. Get a coffee machine. Yeah. Start selling. Scotty Brown says it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And or um, you can even sell coffee yourself if you want a little extra product. They've got wholesale deals up there. And um, yeah, it'd be nice. Mix up your coffee. Don't, don't just don't just stick with what you're satisfied with, which is regular. Go Unless you're drinking coffees of Hawaii. Unless you're drinking coffees of Hawaii, <laughs> then you stick with it. <laughs> So uh, with donations for Kona, as we said last week, we've pretty much reached the point where we've uh, donated. But we've had a lot of people who have actually said that they'd like to donate often. So mm. I'm thinking what I might do is I might put a few options for donations on the page. So if you want to donate a dollar a show or if you want to donate a dollar a month or something, and that way you can just set up with PayPal. PayPal. Moron. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and anyway, and so if you want to do that and keep uh, donating to the show, that's really great. We really appreciate any donation you want to give to the show. Thanks. So... Jay Waters, you, you see me saying he's from Korea and stuff. Well, no, he's, he's lived in Korea for ages. And I tried to find a Korean superhero, but there's just... Couldn't, there's none. Nah, it's been okay. a long time, and then I thought, bugger that. The splendid spinner, Jay Waters. Okay. Hopefully he's a good biker. He's, he's okay. He did first Ironman this year. Nice. Yeah. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Nice. Okay, you did the next one, so... I'm just not sure whether this should be the middle or the start. What do you think? I think the, the start. The start. The Thinking Man, Andrew Jackson. And why is that? Because you go on to, to Athlinks.com and he's got this photo where he's sort of got his hand oh, on his chin nice. and he's looking quite thoughtful. Now, if you're going to publish a book, I read a book a few weeks ago, actually, Good to Great, and, and I've talked about this book, good book, and, and the guy's pretty intelligent, but his photo's making him look too intelligent and you kind of laugh at it, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. do you think, what do you think? Would you do that or would you have the smiley shot? No, I'd have the pretty smiley shot. Maybe, yeah. a, maybe a, a holding a stopwatch or something like yeah, that. Yeah, nice, because coach. Nice. <laughs> right, next one. Uh, Dave Braveheart Chambers. And that one come back. Oh, I just think it's just. Of, I, didn't, I didn't go into research. Okay. <laughs> okay. They're all yours. Uh, uh, I'll go down for my next one. Nick Nose Rose. <laughs> because you, you called him something like that. Uh, you said Nick Ro- Nose Nose, something like that. So I think Nick, Nick Nose Rose. Okay. I'm, Nick happy, knows. I'm happy to come up with another one for that, but that's what I came up with. I like, it, does, it does come off the tongue quite well. Yeah, Nick Nose Rose. <laughs> Nick Nose Rose. Okay. okay. Greg, the flaming punk. Nice, <laughs> Greg. That, that's, um, what's his name? Crawford. Crawford. Beautiful. This is another one of Bevan's. I'll, I'll steal it. Jared. Terrorizer Smith. Nice. He's a terrorizer. Nice. And then Richard, the low rider Marlowe. Because I got the low from Marlowe, oh, the okay. low rider. Right. Yeah. And then lastly, Patrick, the big hurt Healy. Why is he the big hurt? Because big hurt's like smashing people. He's dealing the big hurt. Okay. Nice. Okay. Nice. You need to forward that on to me. Okay. Uh, okay. I think I did. Did you? No, oh, I haven't. Okay. Forward. I'll do that right now. You talk, John. Okay. So if you want to donate to the show, you still will get nicknames. You still will get nicknames. And if they donate to the show, will they go into the prize draw? Yeah, up to Kona. Up to Kona. Don't see why not. Yep, yep. So if you want to keep donating, we'll put you in the prize draw. Up to Kona, and we need to organise that, don't we, John? Yep. Oh, I've got plenty, mate. How many months? Got probably got a good four, three or four months. Yeah, time flies, John. Mm, Next thing you know, it's August. That's right. I'm going away in August. Oh yeah. Going to Australia. Oh. Going to Adelaide and Perth. You been to Perth? No, it's a long way. Really? Perth is a long way. I know, I'm only going there for a day. Yeah, it's foolish. Well, no, it's work. Yeah. It's called learning and feeding your family, John. That's what you have to do. Yes. <laughs> you're a group fitness instructor. Anyway, um, what have you been up to, Bevan? Bike jerseys, John. If you want to get a bike jersey, feel free to email us and say, look. I think what we're going to do is maybe do a long sleeve version of the bike jersey. Ooh! 
it's probably going to be it's going to be like a well we could either choose between doing a, a summer weight one or a winter weight one well John one why don't we have both we could one of the pants John we get a lot of quick emails from people saying look I've got the jersey loving the jersey want to look like a team player got to wear my stinky black pants okay. I want the pants as well I can do the, I can do the pants you can yeah, we can do the pants. We did them for Epic Camp. So. I love the way you're thinking. Then he's yeah. just—he's got his—he's got this look when he thinks, guys. I—I I wish you could see it. Oh, I could do the armors. They're pretty. Uh, they make and match with the the tops we've already done. Nice. Oh, there's a whole product range we could do. There is. We're going to do one thing at a time, though. We need a company that does it for you and does all the ordering and stuff. Mm. You know, you get like if you actually we've got our thing on our website where you can buy t-shirts. That's right. We never promote that, but feel free to do that. Um, okay, John, what have you been up to? Give me your life story. Where did it start? Training's, I'm getting back, going to get training back on track this week. You are? Um, so I'm looking forward to getting As you came routine. in this morning, you did say you're not going to ride today. So let's start getting training back on track. So my Achilles is just about right. It's almost right. It's taking a little bit longer than I was hoping for, but I think I'll be able to run okay this week. So I may just switch days around and, and do a bit of a run today. So looking forward to getting training. I'm back on track. I need to start getting ready for Epic Camp New Zealand. You, you, you're going to do some big yards, aren't you? I'm going to do some big yards. Yep. So, so back on the bike. Back on the bike. Other than that, how's the kids? Oh, we had uh, had the first. Oh, giraffe, the hands are out. Had the first giraffe. Oh, that's right. Weekend. So you had, they hired out the local racing court. Yeah. And, and court <laughs> track, and they did a duathlon around the track. How'd you go? Three point three k's per per lap. It was fantastic. It was bloody cold when we got there. It's middle of winter over here, and so there was a heavy frost. I was in. Um, yeah, I was away. But uh, it was. It was was it slippery? Because obviously the roads. No, no, the roads. It was just. It was just cold, and the grass. We we actually we had a good good plan. We had designated people in transition to help people get their helmets off. Yep. Um, because you know, it's so, so bloody hard to get them off when yeah. you're cold. But people were loving it. It was great. You did um, three laps on the run, and then you did five laps on the bike, and then you did another three laps on the run. Oh, so it's 10K. Oh, no, the runs were, sh- were short little laps. It was 2.4K run, 16.5K bike, and then 2.4K run. And the best thing was we had fantastic finishes. Like, coming off the bike, um, there was a guy who was a little bit in front, and then there was big Andrew Abercan in second. Really? And, and Harrison Dean in third is a young, good runner, and he managed to run up, and he just got to lead with about 200 metres to go, and there was like... T- Two or three seconds between first and second, and then about 15 seconds back to Andrew. And then on the girls' side of things, we pretty much had a sprint finisher coming down the finishing chute. So who took out the girls? Um, Gail Harvey Haywood beat young Tessa Walker. That's a great name. Yeah. Harvey Haywood. Yeah, I'll tell you a story about that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it was good. And, uh, and you didn't race? I was organising the thing. Oh, was, oh okay. Yeah. No, I didn't race. Oh, I wish I'd done it. And uh, Could have won it if I'd next, done it. next race coming up is August 30th. Anybody I'm away then too. It's a shame. I get back that day, but I might get back early. Okay. 10 o'clock start. Oh. It's close to the airport. I had to keep stopping my race briefing because bloody planes were flying. Then I'll ring them and say, look, wait 10 minutes, please. We've got to wait all day. We've got an important event on down How the kids go, mate? The kids are good. Yep, Thomas is uh, yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Felicity's good. Felicity's good. <laughs> she's not fun. Well, she's not. She just sits there and feeds with mummy. So she, but she's but she's smiling. We have to get a picture. We've got a great picture of them yesterday. I'll send me a photo through. I'll yeah. do the website later on today, and yeah. I'll put it on. I'll put it. Yeah, because we haven't got too. a photo for this week. Okay, sounds good. Okay, well, I went to Hamlet last weekend. Romantic weekend in Hamlet. Yes. I never go to the pools. Pools are expensive. They are expensive. So if you ever come to Christchurch, there's a place called Hamlet, which is literally about an hour 20 out of Christchurch. Little tourist spot, and it's got hot pools, natural hot pools, hot it springs. It is great. It is a great spot. And, yeah. But they do charge like 20 bucks to get in. Yeah, but They must make it mint. It'd be expensive to run that place. You reckon? They do a lot of overhauling on that place. Do they? But if, you were going, if you're going to Hamlet, you definitely go to the Hamlet hot pools. They're fantastic. Well, we didn't. Yeah, I know, but if you're... If you, yeah. 
First or second time. Definitely. Hiring a house, man, pretty cheap. Yeah. Hard a house, pretty decent house, pretty happy with the house. Take 85 bucks a night. Nice. Seven bedrooms. Wow. Take your uh, mountain bike and take some good walking shoes. Fantastic walking and yep, bike. Yeah, we did the Chronicle Hill and yep. the romantic time as well, John. Good. Did yeah. you go for an expensive dinner anywhere? No. No, we're cheap. Went to the pub? No. I just stayed at home. Made our own. It's a lot cheaper if you do that. Go to the supermarket first, you make your own. And then you don't have to worry about people around you and service. Okay. You can cuddle up on the couch. Whatever. Watch a great movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Memento, have you seen that? I think I have. I have. I watched it on a plane recently. No. Oh, really? Yeah. And what happened? I can't remember, but I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely watched it. No, no, I don't remember the names of the movies. I don't remember the movies, but I remember... Um, he loses, he's got no memory. Yeah. I remember you don't remember the memory movie. <laughs> nice. Anyway, we're babbling. What do you got on this weekend? I like the babbling. This weekend... I think we're going to be doing some DIY. It's time for John to do some DIY. Uh, Linda's not happy about it, but it's time to do some DIY. Uh, so I go to Queenstown. Queenstown? You know what? Porno's a superstar. Why? Because they had the Queenstown Winter Festival opening, yeah. and Porno performed, played drums in this drum band. Wow. Yes. How's your album going? Because uh, I can't Stool. sing, so I took, a, took yeah. a... I can't sing. When I give up aerobics, it's going to happen, Okay. which is cool. a while away. So. The next few weeks, I don't think we've got anything exciting coming up on the show. Well, I think we should get that guy from Germany. That should be our goal. Okay, I'll see if I can arrange that. Yeah, because yeah, I think he'd be a great interview. Yeah. And hopefully be, we'll, we'll ask harder questions because mm. we've grown. Mm. We have. Okay, John, let's do it. I'm Russ. I'm in note. Train oh, hard. Long show. Train smart. Kia ka. Kia ka. <laughs> really bad. Kia ka. Yeah.